Welcome to the Wise Birth Radio. We are women, students, and mamas exploring healthy pregnancies, empowered birth, nurtured postpartum, and natural parenting from a holistic, intuitive, and grounded experience. We share knowledge through interviews, stories, and musings. We hope to inspire you to take charge of your childbearing journey for yourself and your family. This show is intended to spark your own curiosity and encourage you to listen to your body, your baby, and your intuition. I'm Mabel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts on Wise Birth Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wise Birth Radio. Tonight, Mabel and I were going to record some (laughs) of our classes for our birth education course. However, we had some technical difficulties. Always with the technical difficulties. So we're rolling with the punches, and we decided that we're going to record a couple podcasts. And the idea for this podcast that we're going to do tonight kind of came to me in the middle of the night last night, (laughs) because I've been having, I have not been sleeping the best. So there's been, you know, some quiet moments that I've been having to myself in the the wee hours of the morning, which... (laughs) I've been pretty nice, and um, I had a visit with my midwife today, and so I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to talk about and share with her and discuss, and I don't know this midwife super well. She's kind of new to me. Well, you I have mean, been working with her since right, close to the beginning. Right, I have, and... but like, I still feel like I don't know her. Yeah, totally. I mean, I do and I don't. For whatever reason, I... She's still, like, a new person in my world. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you meet once a month or something for an hour. Right. It's not that much time to get to know someone. Yeah, and I think the other midwives that I have, well, yeah, I guess the other midwives around I've attended births with, so I, mm-hmm. like, just have... You got to see how they work. Right, I have more of a feeling for their vibe in the in the birth moments space Space. thank you i'm gonna go grab a pillow so i stop thinking but okay you continue to talk okay so yeah so i was just reflecting as i get closer and closer to the birth portal as i am almost 33 weeks here i think um just kind of reflecting on how i want her to show up or not show up and in the past i definitely have made assumptions about my midwives and how i thought we were on the same page and how I assumed that they were going to, you know, not do certain things or Mm -hmm. do certain things. And a couple of times I was wrong about that. Yeah. And I think that's really common. People say, oh, I'm hiring a midwife, so they're going to behave like this. Or even, oh, I'm hiring an unlicensed midwife or a midwife who trained in this kind of way. So she's just going to behave or act or do these kinds of things in labor. But In the reality, like all humans, each midwife is their own person with their own stories, their own histories, their own possible traumas, their own training, and just where they come from is different. Exactly. And that's, um, that exactly happened with my second birth. I was like, I'm going to find an unlicensed underground midwife and she's going to be so hands-off and give me my space and all these things. And it was Mm -hmm. actually kind of the opposite. And we didn't talk about all these specific things. And she was really up in my space. And, you know, she's an amazing, lovely (laughs) person. However, I didn't like the way that... Some of the ways that things unfolded. So, I came up with this list. And it's very explicit. Mm -hmm. And it says, please do... Yada, yada, yada. 
please do not. Yada, yada, yada. And we're going to get into the yadas. Right, right. We're going to get into the yadas. And they're not in any specific order. Um, but yeah, I, I was just thinking that the ways that I would like her to be present and show up and the ways that I would absolutely not like her to be. Mm-hmm. And as I'm writing this, it was interesting because I told this to my husband. He was like, well, she's just going to be how she is. And I'm like, <laughs> I think that is true to an extent. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, there is a really deep level of trust that I have to have in this person that I don't know that well. Mm-hmm. And that I have to trust that she is, one, going to be how she is, and if how she quote unquote is is not this way that she's gonna like really <laughs> hopefully respect my wishes as yeah. much as she can. And I think it's also helpful for you and your husband to get clarity on this. Mm-hmm. So you can say like, oh this is a thing that you're offering and we talked about this. We put this on the list and I already decided that I wasn't interested in this. Mm-hmm. So just like having that as a sort of background for you to be really explicit in what you want them to do. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like there's also situations where it's not super black and white, but like definitely. their their energy and um, just their, yeah, their vibe, the presence that they're having. Mm-hmm. Can you take three steps backwards, please? <laughs> yeah. He's my sphere of six feet without you in it. Yeah. And I think also all of this could be subject to change. You mm-hmm. might say you don't want this, and then you do the neighbor, and you're like, actually, please. Yeah, totally. And with one thing, I'll, I'll get to it. But I, I said, you know, I might actually, in the moment, ask for this. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to offer it. However, I might ask for mm-hmm. it at some point. And I think that's a great thing about knowing yourself really well, both knowing yourself and neighbor, having done it a few times, but also just knowing yourself in general is first, like, having the confidence to have that flexibility. Because I think people who maybe don't know themselves as well or have never experienced birth before might feel a little more rigid in the things that they want and the things that they don't want and the way they want things to go. Mm-hmm. And it seems like with experience and self-knowledge and self-confidence, there can come this little bit of ease and of flexibility in saying, I know myself really deeply and I don't know what this birth is going to be like. I don't know what it's going to require of me. Or what I'm going to require of you. Oh, the, that's a whole other tangent of <laughs> just being an ultimate mystery mm-hmm. and, like, not allowing myself to get in this trick of, like... Because my births have all kind of been, had similar flow, I mm-hmm. feel like. And so it's, like, not getting attached to how I think that it probably will unfold. Mm-hmm. But anyways... Um, and you, Mabel also said something as we are going over this. She was like, this is not a birth plan. Mm-hmm. And it's not. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> how and how. It, I mean, it's totally different. But I think to me, it feels more of just like what I was saying is um, like, I guess, relationship building, but also just getting really, really clear about what I what I want the space to, how I want the space to be held, mm-hmm. which, I don't know, and maybe you can explain it better, how that's not a plan. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like, first of all, a lot of 
birth plans are made for people who are birthing in a hospital setting, or people who are planning birth in a hospital setting. And so in that case, maybe what they're planning, what they write down, might be different than what protocols or general hospital procedure is. And so in that sense, a birth plan is kind of asking something more of a practitioner than in some ways what you're doing now. Saying, like, I understand that you do these things, and I want you to do them differently. I... It also feels like oftentimes with birth plans, there's sort of an expectation or maybe some false semblance of control. Like, at my birth, I want this to happen, I want this to happen, I want you to do this this thing is going to go like this. And I think that's kind of what doctors react to when you hear stories of like OBs who read a birth plan and was like, yep, this one was getting a cesarean. It's this feeling that women think they come in in control of birth. Mm-hmm. And they say, I wrote it down, so it's going to happen this way. Mm-hmm. Whereas instead of, instead of that, you're reflecting on, like you said, the way you want the space to feel and the way that you would like, the things that you would like are not like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the <laughs> down. We're getting it. Yeah. All right, so I'm just going to jump into this. Um, the first one is, please do speak encouraging and empowering words. I think that's kind of a no-brainer, but that is something that I've noticed has been helpful to me in labor and I appreciate here and there. Mm-hmm. Whereas that might not be true for all people. Like that's yeah. not really true for me. Totally. Yes. Okay. Or at least that wasn't true for me in my Yes, definitely. Um, this is a big one. Please do remind me to be present and patient. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of my mantra for this birth is to be present and patient. Mm-hmm. Because I feel in my past three births I've definitely had this sense of feeling impatient mm-hmm. and this feeling of just like wanting to get it over with which you know I think that's probably <laughs> kind of a common thing mm-hmm. especially when you're deep in it you're like okay let's get this baby out mm-hmm. but um you know this might be the last time that I do this mm-hmm. and so funny our friend the other day we were reflecting on it um birth and labor and she's like, it's no fair that we only get to do this a couple times in our life. I'm like, wow, what an amazing perspective. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of feel that way also. Like, wow, this might be the last time and it is such an incredible, incredible process, journey, mm-hmm. passage, all of it. It's so potent and so unique and I really, really, really just want to allow myself to truly relish in in all of it. Um, and I feel like you said that, especially when you're deep in it, you might feel impatient for the process to be over. I feel like at least with Cielo, the birth that I was at, it was more of an impatience for it to start, like for you to mm-hmm. know that you were really deep in it and it was happening. Right, right. And there, I wanted to say that too, because specifically with Cielo, I never saw my mucus plug fall out. Mm-hmm. And so I was just fixated on this situation because uh-huh. I'm like, I knew this plug didn't release. 
This means that I'm not actually in right, labor. Right, exactly. But I was uh, very clearly in labor. <laughs> but I just, I got so hooked on this idea that mm-hmm. if I didn't see it, then obviously my cervix was not opening and and I wasn't just present with mm-hmm. everything else that was totally happening. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a big one there. Um, next. Oh, wait. I want to say oh. actually one thing yeah. about the first point, speak encouraging and appalling words. I mm-hmm. think that that is... Something that a good midwife is really able to feel into when that's needed and mm-hmm. when space and silence is needed. I think that's a really, really important skill of anyone attending births is knowing when words would be appreciated and when everyone just needs to be sitting in the silence. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's one of, on the list of one of the harder things, one yeah. of the more challenging skills to master because mm-hmm. it requires... Such a deep level of intuition. And presence. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, this kind of is part of the first point, but remind me that there is a baby in there and to connect <laughs> with that baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about this in our class, but sometimes you can be so deep that you forget what exactly is happening mm-hmm. and that there's a human coming through a portal and that that is such an incredible beautiful thing and sometimes just being reminded of that can really really shift mm-hmm. a person or my headspace so yeah or even if you're not at that moment able to connect to it being an incredible and beautiful thing just connecting with this is maybe a really challenging really painful whatever it is thing and i also remember that it's not going to last forever and there's a baby coming through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe making that little stretch to have a connection with the baby. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just putting your hand on the belly, your belly, trying to feel it move or whatever. Just making some sort of connection and mm-hmm. even communicating. Yeah. And on one of our free birth workshops, we showed a video of our midwifery school teacher Marin's birth of, was it Cove? Is it Deva? One of them that's out there on the internet and you can watch. And there's a moment where it seems like she's kind of struggling and maybe sounding a little bit whiny and saying things like, I don't know if I can do this, like, what's happening? I think she even says, I feel like a little baby. (laughs) And then you see her take a breath and put her hands on her belly and say, we can do this, baby. And she says something like, this would be a lot easier if you just put your hands down Mm because she thinks that the baby has its hands above its head. Mm Mm-hmm. And she takes that moment to recenter and be like, okay, what's happening here? And really renewing this connection that she has with the baby in a totally tangible way. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, oh, there's a baby in here. It's there's a baby in here and we are working together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really, really beautiful moment in that video. Totally. Love that. Yeah. Such a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, all these little reminders. Um, the next one is, please do give me my space. And that was so beautifully demonstrated in my birth with Ciela, where my good wife mm-hmm. was, she just, I felt her presence so deeply in the most graceful way, but she was either on the other side of the room mm-hmm. or like sitting up on the stairs and like, I saw her and she was there, but I didn't feel any sort of hovering or anything. Like, I just Mm -hmm. really felt like she totally trusted me. And, yeah, she was incredible. So Mm -hmm. that 
That's a big one. And I think that could be, you know, that's also a little bit, um, not the most specific. So I think, <laughs> I think, and that's also one of those things where it's like, well, it's not super, it might not be super clear in the moment. It's yeah. like, it's not a line. Like I'm not going to draw a circle on the floor. <laughs> like tape line. You're too close. And it's not like, you know, that I don't like my midwife at all. Mm-hmm. I think she's great, but it's just, um, there's such a power that is coming through that. And I feel like for me, I feel the most powerful when I'm really able to feel myself. And if mm-hmm. someone else is too close, it can kind of disrupt that. Yeah, I had a similar conversation with my midwife, and I feel like she was not able to really honor that. And, I mean, it, again, just comes back to personal preference. Like, for me, I know when I'm going through something difficult, I want to feel alone. Mm-hmm. I want to feel unobserved, and, like, I can just do whatever I need to do by myself to get through it. Mm-hmm. And I, I had that conversation, and that wasn't the way she operated, and that wasn't something she was ultimately able to do. Mm-hmm. And the conversation that you had before the birth, mm-hmm. did you get the sense like she was going to be able oh, to yeah, do that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I was very explicit. I was like, when the baby is actually coming out, I want you to be on the other side of the room, if you're even in the room. And she was like, yeah, okay. Like, she thought about it for a second. That's not the way she usually operates. And she said, okay, and then she wasn't ultimately able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I feel like this is where it can be really great that you go through this with Z, your husband. Mm-hmm. So he can say, hey, maybe this hovering or whatever is not ideal right now. Can you please exit the room for a moment? Mm-hmm. I also wanted to say another thing that we mentioned in this uh, free indie birth workshop that we've done a couple times is there's a picture of Marin and Margot, both of our midwifery teachers who attended birth together for a while, at a birth. The woman is birthing her baby. Her husband is behind her. Her oldest child is right next to her. And Marin and Margot are just, like, peeking their heads in the door and smiling. And that slide, the content of it is, like, what is the role of a midwife? And so in the presentation that they put together, they explain that for them, that picture kind of perfectly encapsulates it. Like, they're there. Oh, I didn't know we had motorcycles like that around here. (laughs) Anyways, the midwives are there. They are supporting you. They are cheering you on. They are like, literally guarding the space. They are in the door of the bathroom. No one could get in. Not like anyone's trying to get in, but, you know, they're guarding the space and supporting you while you and your family do your thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like your midwife with your last birth was also a great example of that because where you were in the tub, she was often on the stairs mm-hmm. where I think you could probably just, like, see her knees and her mm-hmm. hands maybe. Mm-hmm. But she was there. She was holding that space, and she was totally unobtrusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. And she was there to support, and she came over and took pictures, and yeah, it was just oh, right. that was really well there. witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so the next one is, please do respect the golden hour with as much silence, stillness, and reverence as possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like that I have... Well, what's the golden hour, Sarah? Oh, the golden hour is the hour that is golden (laughs) after you have your baby. Um, And this hour 
I mean, give or take an hour. The time, the window of time, you know, right after the baby is born is so precious and has, can really impact the bonding and breastfeeding, breastfeeding. And just for me, I think the, the way that we rem like imprints on the mother, especially, well, both probably, but how we remember that journey of birthing mm -hmm. the baby. And Abel and I have definitely observed, um, you know, even the most well-intentioned midwives. Like at my birth. Right. End up being pretty disruptive. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's the most subtle thing. You know, they think yeah. that it's off. For, and that's the thing is, I think, for a lot of midwives, it's just, like, the routine. Like, mm -hmm. all right, get you out, birth the placenta, da, 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 let's move you, let's wipe you up, let's do da, 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 and, like, wrap up the package and clean it up and mm -hmm. go. Um, and I, th not, I think that can be done. However, I think it can be done in a very, like I said, soft and gentle and, like, not rushing mm -hmm. or disturbing way. Yeah, I feel like often there is this focus and this intention and this ability to hold space for the birth, and then once the baby comes out, it feels like things shift. Mm. Like, at my birth, I noticed that not only with the midwife, but also with my mother and even with you. Mm -hmm. There was the shift of, like, okay, now we celebrate, now we mm -hmm. talk. Now we touch you. And that was not what I wanted and probably not communicated clearly enough. But it feels hard when something really big just happened to do nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I also think this is also very much a, a personal thing in the way that people want to... What it means for them for that mm -hmm. hour or that time to be respected and honored because I think for some people like I'm also thinking of another one of Maren's births maybe it's the same one no different one after the baby is born like her whole family come in mm -hmm. all her kids and there's like a lot of chatting and yeah. celebration They're like oh we thought it was gonna be a boy right. what it's are just you like gonna name all this chit -chat. are you cold <laughs> why does your placenta look like that right and I think Mabel makes a really good point that like to her that that probably is mm -hmm. um I mean, just so normal, and I think probably, well, I can't speak for her, but that's what, that's her family, and that's, and that's their vibe, and that is what is, I don't know, fitting to her, but, yeah. and it might be for me too, I don't know, but I think for me, the biggest thing is, like, it is up to the mom and the dad to set the tone for that, mm -hmm. and that the midwife needs to follow suit, and everyone else and that it's, like, about, um, yeah, or the whole family, but not about her, unless there's a real good reason, it's not about her kind of directing the show at that mm -hmm. point, because... Or even, like, super well-intentioned, a lot of midwives feel like they need to listen to the baby's heart, like, five minutes after it's born, which... That is a lot of midwives' training, and there are so many other ways to assess the health and the well-being of a baby that doesn't involve touching anything. Mm -hmm. And that's not a skill that everyone has. That's not something that everyone's been trained in. So I think part of it is just, like, when you 
when you know this, when you know, you know, what do they say? Know better, do better. <laughs> and if you don't know that and you feel like the only way for you to tell if this baby is okay is to get up in there and to touch the baby and to have your hands on it and to be listening to its heartbeat with a stethoscope, then that's what you're going to do. And it's totally well-intentioned. And I think we just have a vision of a different way of midwifing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, next I have, please do remind me to eat and drink. Which I feel like I'm pretty good about being reminded or reminding myself. But uh -huh. I think it's still great for those things to be offered. Yeah. Um, the next I have, please do offer cold washcloths. Which cold washcloths have always just been really great for me in labor. I just, mm -hmm. one on my forehead, one on my neck. could do with one of those right now. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't given birth before, or even you have and you don't know how you feel about this, that's one of those things that you can say, you know, please offer it. And if I say, get that thing the heck away from me, yeah, then there's an answer. And yeah. it's another skill of a midwife to not take things personally. Totally. Yeah. Okay, and I have, please do offer touch, which I'm actually not sure. I feel like this is a very, I think offer is a, is a bold word here. Mm. And and then I reserve the right to, <laughs> you know, shoo you away. Uh -huh. But I, I'm, in general, enjoy mostly being touched. Mm. Um, and then the last one that Mabel just reminded me of, please take photos and videos. And I feel like. Do you think you're going to try to set up a tripod? I think so. Yeah, that's what we did, well, the last two births, and it worked out pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I feel like that's a great way for the midwife yeah. to, you know, be there observing. And for me, for whatever reason, taking photos doesn't, hasn't felt mm -hmm. disturbing to me. And if it's a midwife who's not used to doing nothing... That can be a way for her to feel like she's doing something. Uh-huh. Totally. All right, so shall we get into the please yes. do nots? Please do not. So this is a big one for me. Please do not coach or guide me in... Uh, please do not coach <laughs> or guide pushing in any capacity. Mm -hmm. And if you've heard Sarah's first two birth stories, you'll hear how that was really upsetting to her process. From And I think from people that she wasn't expecting it from. Yeah, definitely. And, again, I think the second one, I felt like I was pretty explicit. Mm -hmm. And that that was not something I wanted. And it was like, well, maybe just, just try. See how it feels. And it was like, no, I didn't I didn't want mm -hmm. that. But, you know, in the, the depths of it, it could be, you're so, sorry, you're so vulnerable. It's very easy to go with. Yeah, and it's taking, I mean... It takes a lot of energy to birth a baby. You don't necessarily have extra energy to say, oh, no, thank you, please stop that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, something I, I think I probably shared on my birth stories was just that I never really felt the urge to push. I think with my third, I did at the very, very, very end. Mm -hmm. But it just, it took that long for my body to just feel that and the first two I didn't feel it at all and I was just reviewing my um the notes that the midwife took of the Cielo's labor my last labor and I was pushing for 20 minutes which to me that's what it felt like 
mm-hmm. but it didn't feel long at all. It felt like maybe three rounds of contractions. Mm-hmm. and Whereas and it was a lot longer with your first two? Yeah, it was like an hour and a half, but it felt like... Forever. <laughs> it felt like many, many hours. Uh-huh. So that was a huge, huge difference for me between those two experiences. Mm-hmm. Um... Yes, please do not catch the baby, which, again, I just felt like I had to be very explicit. Totally. Explicit. I mean, this is not something that most people see. I mean, midwives more than most people, but again, back to this workshop that we offer, people are like, oh, but how does this, how does the midwife catch the baby, like, if you're in that position or whatever? And it's not an idea that people are accustomed to, that you can catch your own baby, or that maybe the baby doesn't need to be caught. And it can just be born onto a closed surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or into the water, and mm-hmm. you pull it up. Yeah, we showed Sarah's third birth video, and a lot of people were shocked. They're like, "But no one, no one gets it. It's just there in the water." Yeah, he just kind of floats. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I pick him up, but but yeah, I, and I think this is sometimes I have to remind myself that these things aren't obvious mm-hmm. to most people, and so I kind of was trying to put myself in, you know. Another person's shoes, but... Yeah, definitely. Do you imagine giving birth in the water again? I think so. I really like water. I know you do. <laughs> um, please do not offer cervical exams, which in the past, um, at least with Cielo, I was... Annie Noah, actually. I was checking myself. Mm-hmm. Which was... Maybe part of the impatience. Yeah, definitely. I was like... <laughs> Am I 10 centimeters yet? Yeah, totally. Um, but at the same time, I think it was really cool to be able to have that connection with myself. Yeah, and definitely. with him, especially when I could feel his head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that was nice when I mentioned that when she was like, Yeah, I, I don't ever really do that. So, that's great. Mm-hmm. But again, the word here is offer. So you might say, I'd like to know, can you, or just like, can you confirm what I'm feeling? Yep. Yeah. And that was the one that I was like, I might, I might ask you. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to offer it, but I might <laughs> ask you. Uh-huh. I'm the one in charge here. Um, please do not have your hands near the baby while it is being born or touch the baby. If absolutely needed, please communicate with me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like this is another... One, that at my last birth, midwife totally got it. She was mm-hmm. just taking photos. and and But I'm sure that she was closely observing and with a watchful eye, but was able to trust that her hands didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. And again, I've been on a handful of births where the midwife's hands where she was just really up in the space. And Mm -hmm. to me, there was no explanation of why that was necessary. Yeah. I think a big reason why that happens is because midwives feel like they need to look for and possibly correct a cord around the baby's neck. Mm -hmm. Like even while it's being born, this is a conversation with my midwife and myself. She said, Oh, I actually would like to be pretty close so I can check to see if there's a nuchal cord it's called and unwrap it. If so, and I spent a week to think about it and then said, no, thank you. Um, about one-third of babies are born with a cord wrapped around their neck. And so that can be a big, scary thing. Like, you hear a friend say, oh, my God, my baby had the cord wrapped around its neck and it almost died. And in all likelihood, that's not true. 
most babies who have a cord around their neck do not die, are not in any danger, and it can actually be a protective mechanism. Because if the cord is around the neck, it can't be, for example, pinched between a shoulder, like a little baby shoulder, and a bony pelvis part. Um, and cords are really stretchy and really slippery. And babies don't breathe through their lungs. So if you imagine yourself being, you know, strangled, that's scary. You could die. But at that point, a baby is still getting all of its oxygen through the cord. So having something around its neck is not the same life-threatening situation as it would be for us. Yeah. But anyways, that's all to say if your midwife says, I need to check for a nuchal cord, and if so, I need to unwrap it, I, that's it's kind of just BS, to be completely honest. Yeah, or if your midwife says that, we definitely encourage you to go dig deeper into mm-hmm. that potential myth. Um, no, it's not a potential myth. That's just a myth. Okay, the myth. And the other thing about it is if the baby has a cord wrapped around its neck and you feel like you want to unwrap it, it's not rocket science. Like, you as a mom can just unwrap the cord from yeah. around a baby's neck. Absolutely. And actually, as uh, I watched my birth video with Cielo recently, mm-hmm. his cord was wrapped around his neck. And I didn't even... Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, this is a thing. I need to put this cord this way and then move his head like that. You just did it. Your yeah. body did it. I didn't, like... And I don't think I even remembered it until I mm-hmm. watched the video. It, like, wasn't a thing. It's it was not just, a thing. You're so deeply in the moment there and like so connected to the Mm -hmm. deep mother wisdom which we're gonna have a podcast on that you don't even think you just know what to do yep so next i have please do not wrap the baby in blankets towels or put a hat on it okay that's kind of a no-brainer there yeah what is it that carla hartley says i always get the order no no hatting no padding no chatting Classic golden mm-hmm. hour rules. Mm-hmm. Um, please do not apply cord traction. Wait, actually, I wanted oh. to say something about that last one. Yeah. Is that the reason that babies are wrapped in towels or put hats on them? Is because it's not great for babies or moms right after birth to be cold. So, if you are in a situation where you don't want your baby to be wrapped in blankets and put a hat on, make sure that your birthing environment is really warm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And if you have your baby skin on skin on you, your body will naturally regulate its temperature. Yes. But still, you want to be warm, so mm-hmm. back to warm room. Yeah, and if there's water involved, that can cool things down. Mm-hmm. So that can definitely impact things. So being, you know, she she actually asked me, she said, is it okay if I put a towel or a blanket around the both of you together? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think your last midwife did that okay. last birth as well. Great. After a couple minutes. I don't remember that one. Um, next is please do not apply cord traction, which this was also one that I was not expecting in one of my births and the midwife mm-hmm. just started pulling on my cord and I, I said, please stop right now. So this was after the baby's born, but before the placenta is born. Yes, exactly. She was trying to get the placenta out and I was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it was uncomfortable for me absolutely to say that, but I was mm-hmm. just like, stop now. I was super clear. and. Yeah. Um, yeah, cord traction is a, it's kind of part of that thing of midwives usually wanting things to get wrapped Mm -hmm. up and get the placenta out because the time between baby being born and the placenta still being inside is a very tender, vulnerable time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is a potential for things to happen 
undesirable things. Specifically excess bleeding. Right. However, um, that's not something that a midwife needs to do. The, first of all, I mean, there's many other ways to check to see if the placenta has detached and if the mom is ready, that's something she can do herself if she wants to. Mm -hmm. Is birth the placenta herself? Birth the placenta. If she wants to guide the placenta out mm -hmm. by the cord, she can do that. And if all is well and there's no bleeding and mom feels great and everything, then there's really no reason to rush yep. the process. Um, I wonder if you want to add any more about that specific placenta birth time to this list. Yeah. Like, just don't bug me about the placenta as long as everything seems fine. Just don't even mention it. Yeah, I guess, again, I think this is one of those situations where in my last three births, the placenta has come really easily without yeah. any issue. And so, in my mind, I, I feel like there's mm -hmm. not really a need, a need to because it's just been, like, very smooth and seamless and comes out. Well, for really the sake of this podcast. Right, exactly. For an no, educational but, list. Yes, but I think it's a good exercise for me to not assume mm -hmm. also yeah and I just want to say if your placenta is taking a while and it's not just there because sometimes a placenta can be detached and just like sitting in the vagina waiting to be birthed and if you haven't felt that feeling before it might be hard to know but if your placenta is really not coming for a while I would suggest checking in with your atmosphere because the same hormones that you need to birth a baby are also needed for the birth of the placenta Mm -hmm. So are you warm? Do you feel safe? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel unobserved? Yeah. Right, exactly. And rushing can kind of squash all of, all those, of those things. Erase them off the board. Uh -huh. Also, sometimes having to pee. Sometimes if your bladder is full, it can hold up. That's a good reminder. Yeah. And the reason why any time cord track cord traction and what we mean by that is like pulling on the cord I think the only reason and time and place that that is even appropriate is if you know that the placenta is just hanging out right there and just mm -hmm. needs a little guiding out if yeah. if you want um, um, also maybe about the birth of placenta do you want to say anything about like fundal massage because that's not I mean, I feel, it feels to me somewhat archaic, but I also think that it's pretty common practice, Yeah, unfortunately. I think it definitely is. Um, and to be honest, it's a little bit unclear to me, because I know that a lot of midwives will want to check to make sure that the fundus or the top of the cervix is, and the, the cervix, uterus. sorry, thank you, the top of the uterus is contracting and shrinking down, mm -hmm. which... To me, makes sense. However, that's also something ca that can be done by the mom. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want a boggy uterus. No. So, yeah, the f I don't know. I It's not super clear to me. Be I, do you want to say anything specific about that? Not clear in that list. I just remember in school that, like... Sometimes, if the uterus was boggy, like, encouraging it mm -hmm. by massage could help it contract, but also sometimes massaging it could, like, confuse the uterus and, huh. um, like, disrupt the rhythms. I, mm -hmm. I just remember in school learning that part and being like, wait, 
It seems like this is a little bit... Mm-hmm. Like, there was a little bit of ambiguity there. I guess I was just meaning, assuming everything is going swimmingly, mm-hmm. and your placenta is out, and there's no reason to suspect giant clots, or you're still not bleeding a lot, there's no reason to just, you know, just in case, just mm-hmm. for funds. Yeah. And I feel like that's what happened in my birth, but I also don't totally remember it. I do definitely remember, like, why are you doing this right now? Mm-hmm. Why are you pushing on my stomach? Yeah. And that was something that happened at my last birth. Um, however, there was a fair amount of bleeding. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if there wasn't, if she would have... If there wasn't bleeding, if she would have done the... Yeah. Massage. Yeah. Or if yeah. she specifically... I think that she wouldn't have because we've been to other births with her then she didn't. Okay. I, can't, I can't remember that clearly. But I think this is definitely a point that I could get more clear with my midwife about because we mm-hmm. did talk about it and she was like, well... You know, sometimes if you do it yourself, it feels a little better. But again, why do you need to do anything? Like, you don't right. you don't have to, in the middle of birth, stick your fingers in there and dilate your cervix. Why would you need to do this, assuming all is going well? Right. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you might want to add to your list about placentas is if there is excessive bleeding, what do I want to do first, assuming it's not an emergency situation? Mm-hmm. We did talk about that a little bit. I can't remember what, it, what the specifics <laughs> were. But, um, yeah, I think it's also, I think, I I hope that I'm remembering (laughs) correctly, but I think it was very much like, if you're feeling okay and you're feeling strong and, Mm -hmm. you know, then we can just kind of wait and see how things go. If you're not feeling okay and you're feeling faint or pale or any of Mm -hmm. these things, then we could try, you know, she has some tinctures. I had said that I would bring... You know, the Unum Bell, which mm-hmm. is what we did last time, and I think try that. Yeah, um, I think it's it's good to get clear on the order of, if this is, like, maybe first I'll have some cinnamon tea with honey and see if that just, like, revives my body enough mm-hmm. to do what it needs to do. And then maybe we'll try herbs, and then if that's not working, we'll try Unum Bio. And then if I'm still bleeding, we can move on to more pharmaceutical measures. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would probably be a good good thing for us to write down. So just mm-hmm. get that clear about. Yeah. So that's a good some homework for me. Um, okay, next I have do please do not suggest suggest position changes. And I put a question mark after that <laughs> because part of me feels okay with that, but part mm-hmm. of me feels like I just don't think I need that. Like yeah. It's this is going back to labor. We went placenta. Yeah, and we're going yeah. Back to sorry, it. I did say in the beginning there's n- no order yeah. to this, but um, yeah, I I definitely feel pretty connected to my body and especially in in birth, and I just mm-hmm. I just don't feel like that's something that I need. And yeah. in my experience, having any sort of external suggestions from the midwife kind of just throws me off. Mm-hmm. So that was why I put that there. And I think, again, this is all subject to change. And if you're having a really difficult time with something or you feel like the way that you're doing things is not progressing or something feels stuck or not quite right, I think that's a great time for a midwife to say, hey, maybe try this. And again, to that you can say no. Yeah, absolutely. And that this is me. Yeah. And that this is, and that it's really, really important for everyone to, you know, if this is an exercise you feel like doing, to tune in and make sure they're all 
things for you. Because mm-hmm. I'm not you. Yep. Yeah, I would definitely do things, write things differently on this list than Sarah. Oh no, I'm curious. Um, well, I think back to the beginning, we said words of support. Oh, right, that one. Not so into that. Cold washcloth, not so into that. Touch, <sighs> so not so into that. Yes, yes, yes. Basically, just leave me alone. Right. Oh, yeah, and Mabel also, in the, when I read this to her before, she was like, you didn't say anything about blood pressure. Oh, yeah, and listening to the baby in labor. Right, which, again, I, I guess I need to add this and specify, but... In the past, I haven't been bothered by people taking my blood pressure, and to be fair, I think most of the midwives just took it once, right, when they got there, mm-hmm. and I was okay with that, and um, I think Connie listened here and there. I think so, yeah. Yeah, but I also didn't wasn't really too bothered by that either, but I don't know. It's hard to... That's another one of those things that can be kind of gray area, like... For you or for a midwife? Both, because it, it's okay with me if they listen a little bit here and there, but mm. what does that mean? Yeah. You know, know, once an hour, once every three hours, mm-hmm. once every six hours. Yeah, I mean, what is a little bit? Yeah. One thing that I think if I was making this list, I might say something like, ask me if I know how the baby is doing, mm. and maybe if I'm not sure, then you could listen. But if I'm able and present in that moment to tune in and be like, yep, this baby is okay, then we don't need to listen to the heart tones. Or if I tune in and I'm like, I don't really know, that could be a great opportunity to listen to the baby's heart with external tools. I love that. I think that's great. Yeah, and I guess also something on top of, in addition to that, I feel like in the past when I've been in labor, for whatever reason, like I don't feel like I've really been able to feel the baby move. I, yeah. I and I don't know if, I feel like maybe there's just so many other intense sensations, but like, that hasn't been something that was really mm-hmm. clear and present. And so that, you know, often is a big, big indicator. Yeah. And so I think in those moments, if you want to, if a person, if I <laughs> wanted to have the opportunity to really tune in, it would need to be like on a much subtler, mm-hmm. more subtle level. Maybe that could be sort of an intention of exploration for this birth. Mm-hmm. So let's see if I can find those sensations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is something that I have. Um, that's run through my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, great. I've got some... <laughs> some more thinking to do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I this hope... This a fun one. Yeah, I had a feeling it would be. I hope that this is helpful and brings clarity to anyone listening. And yeah, or just maybe doesn't bring clarity and brings more questions. More questions that hopefully bring more clarity <laughs> eventually. But yeah, definitely, I, I imagine mm-hmm. it could, could bring more questions. Yeah, wow, my hand is getting really tired from holding up this sinking microphone stand. Alrighty. Well, thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm. Till next time. Ciao. I like the way you say ciao. I think it's really cute.